to the CRNA Club podcast, where we talk all things CRNA. As a practicing CRNA, I'm sharing everything I wish I knew when I was applying to CRNA school. I'm Sachi, your host and number one fan. Let's get started. Welcome back to another episode of the CRNA Club podcast. I am Sachi, your host and CRNA and admissions wizard and cheerleader. I'm always here to help you try to get into CRNA school and get as prepared as possible and crush your interview and just get in so you can start living the CRNA life that I am so obsessed with. So today we have a juicy topic and that stems from a lot of questions that I have been getting asked lately. And that is, how did you know that you wanted to become a CRNA? And how did you know that you were ready to go back to school? How did you know that it was the right time and what made you so sure that it was CRNA? So today I thought I'd dive a little deeper and we are going to talk about five signs that going to CRNA school is right for you. And I will say that I do go into a lot of this uh, information in our free masterclass that is on our website. And I will also link it in the show notes so you can click on this episode and scroll to the bottom and you'll see a link to watch that free masterclass. You can sign up and watch it instantly. But I really, really dive deep in that class, really, really deep into everything that goes into applying and preparing and interviewing for CRNA school. You're really going to be able to see the strategy and the amount of work and sort of the roadmap to what it takes to get accepted into a program. And you can watch that masterclass and kind of take a look at your own life, where you are, kind of the experience that you have, and see if it kind of matches up and if that feels right for you. And if you feel like, okay, everything that you're talking about, I feel like I can do. With the right steps, I can check those boxes. Or, you know, maybe you're going to watch that masterclass and you're going to say, like, this sounds like a lot of work. I don't have a lot of time to dedicate to this. I don't think I can commit the next three years of my life to a program. Sounds like a lot of work. I don't know if it sounds like this is for me. So go ahead and watch that masterclass. I think it'll help you get a lot of clarity on A, whether or not you are wanting to even to pursue to go to anesthesia school or B, if you do decide that, yes, I do want to go to CRNA school, it's going to give you so much insider strategy. It's everything that I did plus more that is really going to help you become a strong candidate. So we really dive deep there. So I will link that in the show notes for you, but go ahead and check it out. It's also on our website, thecrnaclub.com. You'll find it there as well. Without further ado, let's jump into today's episode, Five Signs Going to CRNA School is Right for You. Number one, consider yourself a lifelong learner. To go back and get your doctorate degree and commit yourself to 36 months plus of learning, three years of intense studying and curriculum, you have to consider yourself a lifelong learner. And that doesn't just stop when you graduate because things are constantly changing and ebbing and flowing when you start to practice. There are always new drugs that are coming out. There are always new surgical procedures and different protocols that are emerging, new techniques that we are implementing. For example, when I was in school, 
robotic surgeries, that was just kind of gaining in popularity. And now almost every specialty is able to use the robot to do that type of surgery. So we are having to learn how to provide anesthesia for different types of robotic cases. And there are different anesthetic considerations for each type of surgery. Even more so, there are new drugs that are coming out. You know, when we give patients in the operating room a muscle relaxant, in school, it was always rocuronium to get them to be relaxed, paralyzed. You reverse that muscle relaxation with neostigmine and then glycopyrrolate along with neostigmine. And when I was in school, there was talk of this new drug called Sugamidex that would reverse the patient's paralysis no matter how paralyzed they were. And the thing about rocuronium and then having to reverse with neostigmine and glycopyrrolate is that the patient can't be super, 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 super paralyzed. They have to start to have some of that wearing off and then you can reverse them. So the way that we assess that is we use something called a train of four monitor to assess how paralyzed the patient is. And if the patient's paralysis is wearing off, then we can go ahead and reverse them with neostigmine and glycopyrrolate. If the train of four monitor tells us that the patient's paralysis is not wearing off, then we can't reverse them. We're stuck there waiting for the medicine to sort of wear off before we can reverse them. Now, if the surgeon is done with their surgery, it looks pretty bad to be sitting there at the end of the case with your patient super paralyzed and saying, sorry, I over paralyzed them. I over relaxed them. Um, We're going to have to wait in the operating room for another 20, 30 minutes till I can reverse them. Um, But then when I was in school, there was talk of this new drug, Sugamidex, and it was going to reverse these patients' muscle relaxation, even if they were super, super relaxed and super, super paralyzed. So that was really exciting because as a training CRNA, You often, not often, but it happens where you give your patient too much muscle relaxation and you are just praying that it wears off by the time the surgeon starts to close because you don't want to have to tell the surgeon or have to tell your anesthesiologist or your preceptor that you have like totally over paralyzed them and you have to wait in the operating room for like another 30 minutes. So Sugamidex was like the promise of this like miracle drug that you could just reverse them at any time. And sure enough, now we totally have it at my hospital. I mean, it took five years from when I heard about it, but we now have it and it has totally changed my practice and it is awesome, but there are things we have to learn about it, right? So whether or not you will want to go back to school again after you get your doctorate degree and get your PhD, that's that's not really what I'm talking about when I say you have to consider yourself a lifelong learner. What I'm saying is you have to have an interest in taking data and taking information and learning and adapting and being able to integrate that in your practice. And that makes you excited and you are willing to try new things and integrate that into your practice. So that is what being a lifelong learner is about. And if that sounds like you, perfect. The second sign that going to CRNA school is right for you is you do not shy away from a challenge. Now, I think if you are in the ICU and you decided, you know what, I don't want to do telemetry anymore. I don't want to do med surgery anymore. I want to go to the ICU because I want to work with patients who are sicker. I want to work with vasoactive drips and titrating and work with people who need mechanical ventilation or CRRT. I think you already naturally have that 
challenge personality, that challenge-driven personality, because to transition to the ICU, you have to have that interest and that desire to take on things that can be a little stressful. So I think you already have that in you, but I really want to say here that going to CRNA school is that on steroids. It is a very, very big challenge, and applying in and of itself is a big hurdle. And if you find yourself maybe kind of craving a little competition, or if you are driven by, oh, I can do that better, or I'm a go-getter, I find fulfillment in working hard and bettering myself. You know, I think I have grit and I'm driven by wanting to perform under pressure. I consider myself somebody who perseveres. Those are all good characteristics and things that'll tell you that you will do well in CRNA school and you will do well in the application process. And that is what's going to help you get through such a rigorous program and a challenging time. So you do not shy away from a challenge. You embrace things that are difficult. Maybe not embrace isn't the right word, but you do not crumble in a puddle on the floor when things get hard. You tell yourself that you can do it and you step up and you give it your best. So you don't shy away from a challenge. That's number two. Number three, your personal life is fairly free of major stressors. Now I say fairly free here very clearly. I understand stress is a part of life. Nobody's life is perfect. And if they tell you it is, it's not. But I want to be very clear here that CRNA school is very, 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 very difficult. It is the hardest thing I have ever done in my life for several reasons. The first reason being it's a lot, a lot of information that is very in-depth and just a lot. It's like drinking from a fire hose and it moves quick and there's a lot to cover. So you're studying a lot. The hours that you have to commit to learning all the material is a lot of hours. And I didn't have really any free time when I was in school. I studied for 12 hours every day on the weekend in the evenings after school. After school in the afternoons, we would come home, eat lunch, and we would just be studying for the rest of the afternoon and into the evening. We, of course, took breaks to go work out or here and there on the weekend, we would go have dinner or do something. But it wasn't like you were taking weekend trips or you had afternoons off to go do things. It was a lot of time and stress. Once you get into clinical, you are spending a lot of time at the hospital as well. And then you still have book work on top of that. So even when you're not at clinical, you're still studying because you still have tests to take. And this kind of varies whether or not you're in a front-loaded program or an integrated program. I can kind of get a little you know, mixed up on your study schedule and stuff. But for the most part, everybody is going to be just as busy. It's just whether or not if you are in an integrated program, you are studying and going to clinicals at the same time. And if you are in a front-loaded program, that means you are doing all the book work first for the first year and a half or so. And then after that, you're going to be in clinicals mostly for the second half of the program. So I went to a front-loaded program and we did most of the work up front. But while we were in clinical, we also were taking like one class at a time. So you were still getting some schoolwork in. I will say that although CRNA school was super hard, there are a lot of people who excelled and did better than me. And I, I was not married. I did not have kids. And they had a family. They had kids. 
they had outside life responsibilities and they were totally able to handle it. So I do not want to discourage you if you have a baby or if you have a couple of kids or if you're married or even if you're a little older, those are not things that should discourage you from taking this step to become a CRNA and going back to school. Some people have asked, you know, how old is too old to go back to CRNA school? And I think As long as it is something you really want to do, you a thousand percent can do it. There are people graduating from CRNA school who are 50, 51, 52. And while many of the people who go to CRNA school are in their late 20s, 30s, there are people who are not. There are people who are wiser and who are more experienced and more seasoned and can bring something different to the table who can maybe also use that as a benefit and as something to their advantage. You know, people who are a little older probably have better coping mechanisms with stress because they likely have been in stressful situations before in their life. And they have probably dealt with difficult people. And I think for me, I was younger when I went to CRNA school. I had not dealt with a lot of really difficult personalities. Yeah, I worked in the ICU, but ICU docs and surgeons... They're a different breed and the operating room can get very stressful. So I think if you're a little older, I think you're able to handle those interpersonal conflicts a little bit better and that's emotional intelligence and that's what schools are really looking at. So if you are a little older or if you have a family or if you're if you're married, if you've got other stuff going on, if you're not just a single 27-year-old, I don't want you to think that you can't do it because you absolutely can. And many of my classmates did so well and it's so great. I think the key here is, number one, that your family or whoever your support system in your life is understands that you are going to be pretty unavailable during your program and that you are going to be stressed and that the program is very demanding and that you are going to have to spend a lot, a lot, a lot of your free time studying. Now, it doesn't mean that you're not going to be able to make those huge events in your family's life, you know, birthday parties and big things like that, weddings and stuff. Not saying you're going to miss all of those, but what I am saying is that you're not going to be taking probably, you know, a three-day long weekend vacation every time there's a holiday. You're going to be like, perfect, more time to study. So I think if there's that understanding with your spouse, your support person and your family or your kids, if they understand that and if they realize that it's all temporary and you realize that it's all temporary and you're all on the same page and you can come up with a plan to maybe get help from people if you have family around or maybe, you know, save a little extra money to get some help with the kids, you'll put yourself in a really good position there. So the other side of this is if your family life, your home life or your personal life is not in the best spot that it could be, then I think that maybe it would be a good time to make that a priority. And then once you feel better, then you can think about applying to CRNA school because CRNA school is only going to sort of magnify a lot of the problems that you're having um, in your personal life. The fourth sign going to CRNA school is right for you is you have the desire to have autonomy and make decisions. So imagine yourself, you're working in the ICU, you're thinking, okay, you know, the patient's blood pressure is dropping. Okay, I think, I think they might be a little dry. Let me go talk to my ICU doc and talk to them about it. And they tell you, okay, let's go ahead and start some, let's go ahead and start some levofed. No, I don't want to bolus them. 
you start thinking to yourself, okay, all right, let me let me do this. I like, all right, I'll go ahead and carry out these orders. But then the other part of you is thinking, like, man, I want to be, I want to, I want to be do what he's doing. I want to do what she's doing. I want to be the one looking at this overall clinical picture and making the decision on what we should do next. Maybe you find yourself constantly wondering, I wonder why we're giving this drug over that. Huh, I wonder why they ordered this test over that. You're starting to think, hey, big picture here. What's going on? Why are why are we taking why are we going down this road of the differential? Why aren't why isn't the team thinking that it's that it's this, that it's pneumonia? You're starting to kind of get out of that rabbit hole that you're in when you first start working in the ICU, where you're just looking at your to-do list and you're checking things off. Okay, assessment. Okay, meds. Okay, do this. You're starting to step back and kind of look at things on that higher level critical thinking scale here. You kind of have that itch of, hey, I I think I can do a little more. I think I'm ready to take the next step here. I I don't want to just be the one doing all these things. I want to I want to start making the decisions. There has to be that sort of slight inkling of like discontent. If you are, you know, if you're completely happy at the bedside taking orders, you know, going to work, collecting your paycheck and living your life and you're happy doing that. You are genuinely happy doing that and you can see yourself doing what you're doing today for the next 20 20 years. It honestly might not be worth it for you to go back to school. Getting into CRNA school is stressful. It's a three-year-plus program. It's hard. You have to want it. So if you're kind of like, eh, I don't, I don't really know. I don't really think. I'm not really sure I'm really that into becoming a CRNA. Don't waste your time. If you know you want to pursue this path of becoming a CRNA, you got to go all in. You got to be willing to do all of the things to stand out and to make your application really shine, you have to go a bit above and beyond. And if you don't recognize that, you're not going to want to do all of the extra things that we tell you to do, and then you're not going to do them, and then you're not going to get in, and it's just going to be a complete waste of time. You have to really have that drive and that desire to want to take the next step, to say, I am ready for more, I'm ready to be the one making decisions. I want to start thinking about the bigger clinical pictures here. I'm not so stuck in my rabbit hole of just getting things done and the tasks. I'm ready to start making decisions and have autonomy. That's number four. This kind of ties in with the next point I'm going to make. Number five, which is you have to have a general interest in anesthesia. Now, I'm tying that back to the autonomy and making decisions and wanting to go back to school for CRNA school. I'm kind of tying that together here because, you know, I'm not saying you have to be a thousand percent like, yes, I know without a shadow of a doubt that becoming a CRNA is for me. It's almost impossible to know that for sure because. Yes, I know you've shadowed a CRNA, and if you haven't, you are probably going to. You have a general idea about what CRNAs do and what we tell you. And listening to this podcast is a great way to figure out what CRNAs do. But there really is no real way for you to truly know exactly, exactly, exactly what it's like to be our CRNA because you aren't one. So yes, while you have to have the desire to be autonomous and make decisions, and you have to have the desire to go back to school to be a CRNA, 
it has to be a strong desire, but it doesn't have to be, you know, you don't have to absolutely know that this is what you want to do because it's truly hard to know exactly what a CRNA does unless you are a CRNA. I know that's kind of a convoluted answer, but I just wanted to speak to if anyone is like 90% sure they want to be a CRNA, but they're like, you know, I only know as much as I know. I know I want to be in the operating room. I know I want to deliver anesthesia. I know I like taking care of one patient at a time. I like doing blocks. I like intubating. I enjoy focusing on that one patient at a, at a time and, and really understanding how the drugs I give work with the patient's disease states and their pathophysiology. But I don't know exactly if I'm going to love it because I'm not a CRNA and I don't, I don't know that. That's, that's an okay position to be in. That is normal. That is absolutely normal. So what I'm saying is that you have to have a general interest in anesthesia. Our work is what we spend a lot of our time doing, but it's not our life. I think most CRNAs that you ask will say, yes, I love being a CRNA, but if I didn't have to work or you know, be a CRNA, I probably wouldn't work full time. Maybe I just work colon or part time, you know? So I I think there are definitely people who love it that much that that's what they would want to spend all their time doing. But at the end of the day, we have lives outside of work too. Yes, you have to have a general interest in anesthesia, but do you absolutely have to be in love with it? There's no way to know because you, you haven't gone through the program yet. You haven't become a CRNA. So That's the last sign that going to CRNA school is right for you is that you have an overall general interest in anesthesia and you enjoy learning about the CRNA profession. You have shadowed CRNA as much as you can and you are totally interested in what they do and you are willing to sacrifice three years of your life, blood, sweat, and tears, (laughs) and a few more gray hairs probably um, going to school to get there. So just to recap, the five signs that going to CRNA school is right for you is number one, you consider yourself a lifelong learner. Number two is you don't shy away from a challenge. Number three, your personal life is fairly free of major stressors. Number four, you have the desire to have autonomy and make decisions. Number five, you have a general interest in anesthesia. If you checked the boxes on those five or even four out of the five, you are in a good spot. And yes, CRNA school is right for you. We have a free masterclass that I mentioned. I will link that in the show notes if you want to learn more about what it takes to get into CRNA school and the strategy that needs to go behind your application so it doesn't get tossed aside and put in the reject pile. Go ahead and watch that so you can learn what steps to take next so you don't waste your time, energy, and money and you can fast track your road to getting into CRNA school and becoming a CRNA and start living that CRNA life, go ahead and watch that. And as always, thank you for listening to this episode. We would so appreciate it. If you left us a review, it helps us more than you know. I'll talk to you again next week. Bye-bye.